Today's Happy Healthy You podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash happy healthy you. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle or MP3 player. Hi everybody, welcome to Happy Healthy You, the podcast. I'm Connie Bowman and today I'm with such an inspiring person. I'm so excited. Mimi Kirk. She's just She's just a wonder. She's beautiful inside and out. And she's probably familiar to you as she's been on so many different TV shows interviewed after she won the title of Sexiest Vegetarian Over 50 at the age of 70. How cool is that? She's the author of two amazing cookbooks, Live Raw and Live Raw Around the World. And she's just such an inspiration to me, and I'm sure she will be to everybody else out there as she just continues to live her happy, healthy life. So welcome, Mimi. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be on a podcast with you. <laughs> Have you done podcasts? I know you've done TV and radio and everything, but just another way to get your, get the word out there. So good. You are so beautiful. You really are. And everyone knows that you are into your 70s. We're so youth obsessed and so obsessed with the numbers of aging, but you know, something tells me your beautiful glow comes from somewhere else. Where did where do you think it comes from? Well, you know, I think that we are we grow up with this whole thing about the media thinking defining what beauty is. And it's always like these girls in the magazine or actresses or you know, physical appearance. And that's what we grow up thinking and I think it's really bad for young girls to get that, but we all have a little vanity in us. And sure. so we pick up on that and we, we um, measure ourselves to what we think was beautiful in a magazine or on the screen. What you, I think you start to realize much later in life that beauty isn't all of that on the outside. It's not what you're wearing. It's not, you know, coloring your hair or getting, you know, Botox or that's, that's not beauty. I think what really shines as you age is the beauty from inside. And when people tell me, oh, you're so beautiful, I don't ever think of it as my physical features because I don't really think of myself that way. I think of the kind of person I am. And to me, that's what's beautiful. And I even find people who maybe not have the perfect features beautiful because they have a, a something special. They're kind. They're thoughtful. They're non-judgmental. That's to me. That's what that's what beauty is. That to me defines beauty. It's a beautiful yeah. spirit. Yeah, but it doesn't hurt to have a clean diet and breathe fresh air and get exercise. And and you, you may not have always done that. But talk about your wake up call when you went to the doctor at age sixty nine and what happened to you then. Well, it's very interesting because I became a vegetarian and a vegan. And I've been that for the better part of 40 years. But like all of us, you know, you go off and on and you try to keep improving yourself. And, you know, I went on eating that way for the animals, basically, not for health. I didn't think about health when I was a vegetarian. It didn't occur to me that I was doing something to be healthy. I, I thought it was not eating animals. And, of course, I wanted to feed my kids food that was good for them. Right. But I didn't understand at first that even cheese was, you know, not that good. So I... My family's health history was not that good. Um, I lost a sister at 55, a heart attack. My brother at 29, a leukemia. My father in his early 60s of diabetes. And, you know, this was the health routine. And 
you know, we always just think we're going to follow our family's genes. My other two sisters both had breast cancer and one and, and uterine cancer. And uh, my sister, who's, who lived to be 89, I would say that at my age, even younger, probably at 70, she started falling apart completely because she didn't take care of herself. And she had, she had diabetes. She had a lot of things. So she lived long. But who wants to live long and not be healthy? That's right. not good. Right. So at 69, I was, getting the, I was off eating my vegetarian diet. My boyfriend, who I'd met just a few years before, ate everything. And my mother told me a way to a man's heart is through his stomach. And he was 19, almost 20 years younger. And I thought, get out the cooking, girl, you know, start the cooking skills. So I was cooking everything for him that he loved to eat. And I was started eating some of that myself. We both gained weight. I gained 22 pounds. I don't know what he gained. He never told me. But I started getting these little arthritic pains. So I decided to go to the doctor. I was so shocked when he told me my blood pressure and cholesterol was high. I shouldn't have been surprised because everybody in my family has that. And when he handed me a prescription, the reality set in. This could e either be, at 69, a spiral down, or I've got to do something and spiral up. And I think this is really important because when people age, they kind of buy into, well, the doctor says it's age-related disease. So we buy into age-related disease and we think that's the way it's going to be. And then we just keep going along that path that we're getting old and it's supposed to be that way. So I had a shock, you know, a wake up call. I went home and I started searching the internet because you know everything on the internet is true. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> it took me so long to see what was coming up and I'll be darned. I mean, I was not very happy. Raw food kept coming up. I didn't search that. I just searched other things, you know, getting rid of diabetes, uh, getting rid of high blood pressure, cholesterol. Well, raw food kept coming up. It so did not interest me. It's carrot sticks and celery. I'm a foodie. I love to cook. And, oh, me I too. mean, I love to entertain. And yeah. I thought this is this won't work for my lifestyle. But the more I read, I thought to myself, look, you've got you've got high blood pressure. You're going to be on medication the rest of your life. One medication leads to two, two leads to four. You're going to get in that age-related business if you don't do something. So I thought I'd go on a, a detox, a cleanse. That looked very interesting to me. And then I thought, then maybe I can start, you know, eating raw food. I went on a seven-day cleanse, detox, and gosh, I just felt really good. I mean, I was a little hungry at first, but then I, I felt very energetic. I woke up one day, I thought, my eyes are brighter. I look better, you know, this is great. So I thought, I'm just going into the raw food diet. So at first, it wasn't too exciting, and I thought, can I really do this? And then I started saying, well, wait a minute. I'm going to make up my own food. I don't like this recipe, this raw food recipe, so I'm going to make up my own. So I went on the raw food diet. I juiced. I ate all raw food. I just did it because, you know, I was very motivated. You can understand at 69, scared that your life is going on the downhill. So I had a very strong commitment to keep to the raw food diet. Six months later, I went back to my doctor. I had no arthritic pain since that first week after juicing. Uh, then I had my diabetes. I mean, my, I keep saying diabetes because my family all has that. My blood pressure, my cholesterol were back at normal. And that was when I was 69, I'll be 76 in September. And I feel like I, re I, I backed up some, you know? Yeah. Like I, I re regenerated myself. Yeah. So 
that's how I, that's how it all came about. So you never went on medication, never went on cholesterol medication? No. I asked him if I could take time. I was just at that point, you know, in the 140s, and sometimes it would get high. So I, I realized a few things. I had to exercise. I had to lose the weight, which I did, by the way, in the six months, the 22 pounds I gained came off. And I don't really diet. I watch. If I gain five pounds, I pay more attention to making sure I'm eating enough and getting enough good fats and all of that. So I know how to really judge my body, but I don't count calories. I mean, I didn't say, I'm not saying I didn't do it years ago. Everybody does try to look at all that, but I don't go about weight. This is not about weight. This is about health. If you feel healthy, talking about beauty, if you feel healthy, you act happy. You look healthy. But if you're not, the opposite happens. You know, it shows grumpy in your face. Look, I don't mind these lines I have. They're fine with me. I don't worry about that. That's not what, that's not what it is to me. We, you had four kids. You're going to have a couple lines. <laughs> You're going to have a couple lines. Things are going to go south a little bit, but I'm not worried about that. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like I look great for my age, let's say, or for lots of ages I look great. But the way I feel is the way I go. Look, I don't look in a mirror all day. Get ready. I like to color my hair because I'm not ready to be gray yet, although I think gray hair is beautiful, and I might someday at some point. But right now, I'm having fun as a blonde, and I'm, this is good for me. Yeah. But, I, you know, it's not really to, to look younger. It's just the way I look at myself and see myself in the mirror. And right now, this keeps me, the way I look right now, keeps me feeling very good. But once I look in the mirror and get ready in the morning, I don't look again. I don't have the mirror up. I'm not looking at every mirror I pass. I only see the other person. I don't see myself. So if I wanted to pay attention to how I looked and I was obsessed with that, I'd probably want to go get all those things in my face. But since I'm not, right. you know, I'm happy to be the way I am and be natural. And I know a lot of people, friends of mine from the film industry, which I was in for so many years, have all done something to themselves. And I don't find it very attractive. They all now look like sisters yeah. <laughs> because they all have that same, you know, look. And I just think that we have to um, we have to enjoy who we are at every point in life, whether you're 40 or 50 or whatever. I think the important thing is, which I've learned, and I wish I would have been more diligent earlier. It would have been great to see how my skin reacted. I think if you can stretch out your earlier years, your 40s, your 30s, 40s, your 50 even, if you can stretch that out with good health and taking good care of yourself, I honestly think you can slow down the aging process. It's not going to stop. You're going to continue right. aging. Growth hormones, all that stuff isn't it. But I think you need to slow it down by taking good care of yourself with a healthy diet. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And you're obviously doing that. So you are a fan of cleanses. Um, you talk about it in your book and you, you mentioned it. What, do, what does a good cleanse do for us? And, and like, how often do you recommend for yourself? I, I guess you, you're not really recommending for anybody else because you're not a doctor, but. What well, do you... actually, even though I'm not a doctor, I do recommend them because I've just written my third book, oh. which is coming out January 2015. And it's a juicing book and I've got cleanses in there. So it's a really, it's just about juicing. It's not about raw foods. Uh, there's all kinds of good foods that help certain ailments and diseases. I've written everything in there. It's an A to Z glossary of what you should add in your juicing every day if you want to get rid of something or feel differently. But I have a section, a very big chapter on cleansing and juicing. 
Uh, it's very popular today. Everybody in the major cities, you can find a juice bar in every corner in a major city. In LA, it's unbelievable. There's three on a block now. They're like Starbucks, you know. Right. They're, they're opening every day. There's a new juice business, which is great. Um, people don't have time to make their own at home. You know, I want to make sure I buy them when I'm out, but I make sure they're organic because I'm a big believer of organic. I think we shouldn't be eating chemicals if we don't have to. You eat out enough that you're going to get them. You know, you don't have to add more to it. You know, you have to be uh, you have to uh, be easygoing on yourself when you're traveling. You can't particularly get everything organic, but you know, you still want to eat healthy foods. Okay, so here's the here's to answer your question. I think detoxing, cleansing are very important. We pick up chemicals in our body, we breathe air, we're full of stress, we have all kinds of things that cause our body to be toxic. The food we eat, number one, people eating processed food and drinking coffee and acidic things, you know, your body needs to cleanse every once in a while. You're putting a lot of stress on your cells. We have trillions of cells. They run on what we put in our body. They run on enzymes for digestion. People who aren't eating raw food really need to uh, uh, juice because that's where you're getting live enzymes. So your live enzymes feed those cells and keep them healthy. They keep the free radicals out of your body. But I don't agree with people doing a juice cleanse and then going back to eating regular. I know so many people that say, okay, I'll cleanse for a week. Well, what's that going to do on the long term? Nothing. The good thing yeah. about a cleanse, which you could do for three days just to feel better, you had a rough week, you drank too much, you ate the wrong stuff, you just want your body to feel better. Hey, a three-day cleanse can't hurt. But I really love to see people do a little longer cleanse and then maybe ch make changes one thing. You know, juicing every day to me on a normal diet, whatever you eat, doesn't matter. If you juice every day, you're going to get a huge amount of nutrients in your body that you need. You're yeah. going to get a di you know, body's going to rest from your digestion. So even if you don't want to give up meat, you don't want to do anything else, if you just juiced every day, that would be great. If you do a juice cleanse um, and to improve yourself, you need to change maybe one thing in your diet when you go off it. Yeah. When you yeah. stop the juice cleanse, just say, I'm going to cut out white flour. I'm going to go gluten-free. Whatever it is, try to improve every time you do a juice cleanse because they are beneficial but you want the long-term effects, not just the quick effects. But you will get quick effects. You could juice for a day and feel better. So I believe in juicing more than those water fasts that we used to go on in the mm -hmm. early days. Is drink water or drink the the diet with the uh, uh, with the uh, you know maple syrup and cayenne pepper right. and that one. I mean, everybody does that, but they go back to their regular stuff. So at least. Let me explain one thing about a juice cleanse I think is important. We need nutrients in our body every single day in order to feed those important cells. You don't get them from water, although some people believe it. You get them from Mother Nature, from the, from the foods that you eat, your fruits and vegetables. Dark leafy greens are just amazing. So you want to keep your body healthy. You don't want to shock it. You know, you're stressed, you're running around. A juice will at least give you the nutrients you need for the day. And you can put so much spinach into that juice. <laughs> you can just... You know, we're required by, the, the USDA says, or they, they have all the government says that we're supposed to eat five to six servings a day of fruits and vegetables. Canada, I think, says it's 13 a day. But they also say 
that if we eat five or six, they don't think we're really meeting our daily requirement, minimum requirement. I mean, some people think a, a slice of tomato and a piece of lettuce is their vegetables for the day on their hamburger bun, you know? Right. We really need a lot of that. So uh, our servings are a half a cup. So let's say if you had six and a half to eight cups a day of fruits and vegetables, that would be fantastic. But who could chew that much in one day? If you're not juicing, you will really make it hard. Even a big salad, you know, you can only chew so long and, and you can only eat so much of that. So juicing kind of just takes that right up for you. Yeah. And juicing yeah. for three days really gives you a boost. Juicing for five to seven days, even more. So um, I know a lot of people who want to lose weight, they go on very, very, very long juice fast. They really do. And they do take off the weight, and then they learn to change their eating habits. That has to be doctor-supervised. You can't do that on your own. A three-day, almost anyone can do it. Unless you're pregnant, you shouldn't be doing it. But anyone can do a three-day diet, a three-day juice cleanse. Sure, sure. And what you want is less fruit and more greens in any cleanse you do. I mean, you want to have something so it makes it more palatable, so it doesn't taste like you just mowed your lawn and put it in your blender. So, you know, you, you want to put an apple in there or a little bit of fruit. Uh, I, in my new book, I have tons of recipes. Uh, I, I recommend on the juice cleanses, uh, <clears throat> juicing rather than blending, which people always ask, juice or blend. I, rem I recommend on a juice that you, blend, that you juice rather than blend. Oh, okay. Because when you're getting the fiber into your diet, it stimulates hunger, and your body is working to digest those little fibers. And what you want to do when you're cleansing is to give your body a rest. That's why juice cleanse, uh, juice bars all around, they don't give you blended drinks or smoothies. They give you juice. That's the reason why, because you don't want to stimulate your diet. You want to give your body, your digestion, a rest. You know, there's pros and cons about juicing. There always is. There's the skeptics. You know, they say, oh, not enough research has been done to say that if you eat the food, it, it, juicing is better than eating the whole fruit itself. There's not enough research done. My research is from the thousands of people I know right. and people I've consulted who have cured themselves of all kinds of diseases. They've changed their life completely. They're healthier than they used to be. So these people can say there's no research which are being done. And I know firsthand that thousands of people who have told me how they've improved their life by juicing and cleansing. So I think that's a big thing for our health today. I think we're wiser now and know that eating, eat, you know, consuming organic fruits and vegetables are really good for us. And then juicing helps us consume the amount that we need on a daily basis. So yay for cleanses. Okay. So take your body to the spa. Take your body to the spa with the cleanse. I Let's talk about Live Raw, your first book, which is such a success and that you went on to uh, write Live Raw Around the World. Um, what inspired you to write the, to do, do a cookbook? Well, I didn't ever think about it, but that popularity I had from winning that uh, award, Sexiest Vegetarian Over 50, it took me from a hundred of my family and friends into, you know, hundreds of thousands of people who like my pages and follow me. So yeah. I was making up recipes and I, post pictures of them, my pizza, my lasagna, whatever it is. And I just gave recipes when people asked for them. I didn't post my chocolate brownie without telling them how it was made. You had no thought of ever doing a book. And then people start saying, you should write a book, write a book. Well, first of all, I, I realized it's not easy to get published today. It's not an easy thing. Um, there are tons of people, chefs out there, before I even 
was a chef, I did that first book. I just was very lucky because of my age bracket. See something good about getting older? <laughs> I was very lucky because of my age bracket. An agent was interested at ICM, and then she took it and found a publisher for me. Uh, but my fans really asked me to write the book and give them the recipes. And why don't you put these recipes in a book? Well, it was really, my heart was poured out in that book because it isn't just about food right. and healthy. It's got so many other elements to it. I didn't want people to think you just cook and or uncook to be, you know, healthy. So I thought I had to put everything in there. And I did. It, it's a best-selling book. It still continues to sell as a best-selling book. I'm so floored. It gone into like 10 printings or something, you know, 10,000 a time. It's really sold. I don't even know the actual number yet because I haven't asked, but it sells, continues to sell. And there was the book. It took a lot to write and a long, you know, took time. They kind of rushed me on it. So I had to really get on it. I would sit for, you know, right where I'm sitting now for seven, eight hours a day and just keep writing. And then they asked me to do another book. And I was really thinking about that. My boyfriend took all the photos. He's not, he always took great photos. He's not, was not a professional photographer, but boy, the photos in the book are just stunning. And then I thought, you know, I asked him because it was a big job for him. So I asked him what he thought. He kind of rolled his eyes and I said, well, if I come up with an idea that's right, he said, well, I'd be open. So then we love to travel. So then I went back to the publishers and I said, what if we do international raw food? Because I have a lot of international fans all over the world, sure. places I've never even heard of. They're buying my book. I don't even know if they get the products there, you know, to make the food. Right. But I thought, why, not, why don't we just travel? Let's go to seven countries. And okay. they loved the idea. I sent in a little treatment, and they said, oh, my God, let's do it. And there we were. We planned our trip. He made all the reservations. I picked the countries I wanted to go to, and some I'd been to and some not. And there we were. And I was so amazed going around the world, finding people in places who were raw foodists. All I did was post on my Facebook pages that I was going to be going there. And if anybody wanted to put an event together or something, I spoke in every place I went, standing oh, room amazing. only. It was totally mind-blowing how many people showed up when I showed up. I, in Germany, I was recognized on the street. Uh, it was just... it was unbelievable there are a lot I, germany of all the places to find raw food is there is a huge amount of raw foods in germany I, um, their biggest television station had come here to my house to do an interview with me uh and they posted that on their big station so a lot of people knew me from that that's why i say i was recognized in the street ah the raw food goddess you know so people showed up everywhere i'm going back to germany i'm traveling again this year um i've been invited to all these places and they just tied in with each other so now I'm off again to travel uh, with wonderful engagements people put together for me. Living the life, Mimi Kirk. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I downloaded the book, the uh, Live Raw Around the World, onto my Kindle, and I was worried I wouldn't get the um, photos. And I did. I was so glad because the photos are beautiful, beautiful. They are. And the one you live raw around the world, it makes you feel I did it as a travel guide uh, along, you know, oh. to let people know what it was like going. So we just had a blast. We went to Spain and to France, to Germany, to Greece, to Italy, to uh, Thailand and India. Amazing. And the photographs from there were fantastic because I wanted to take people on a journey with me and 
let them feel that they can have international food and still eat raw. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I um I so enjoyed that book not only because of the the beautiful photos and the travel and all the recipes and everything, but I just learned so much. You gave so many practical tips. You guys have to get this book for for those alone. You gave some tips for busy people, tips for people starting on a raw food diet, um, how to live a happy life. I mean, just happiness. Just just so many practical tips for living a life of well, abundance and beauty. Honestly, when Truly. it comes to living a long, healthy life, like they, 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 the figures they say there are between 200 to 500,000 centenarians living, people over 100. And um, <clears throat> they've done a lot of studies on it. And they have a lot in common with people who live to be over 100. But living to be over 100 is not the, uh, it's not the goal. The goal is to live long and healthy and happy. That's the goal. So what does it take to do that? It's a, it's a lot, it's a combination of things. There are a lot of people living to be 100 and they're not living that well, but there are a lot living very well. They have certain things in common and those things keep them very active and keeping them with a rich life compared to my sister who lived to be 89 without a rich life. So yeah. they say that food is the most important thing they have in common. People live over 100. They eat primarily a plant-based diet. They eat maybe some meat or some fish, but a small amount, like a little car deck, not like we do in America, where we eat a whole plate that has a big piece of meat on it. They eat very little. And, you know, obviously today we know we need to eat grass-fed organic beef. If you're going to eat that or chicken, uh, if, if, the, if the consciousness about killing animals doesn't bother you and you're going to eat meat, you've got to make sure you're eating clean meat and where animals are not locked in cages or being mistreated. That would be a first step for people. Uh, keeping active with lots of friends around, keep people young, to have friends that you can always count on, someone that's got your back, that's very important. Keeping active, you don't have to go to the gym today, uh, every day and pump iron. You should do stretching, you know, Pilates, yoga is good. You should walk every day. You should not be lazy and park your car, you know, uh, as close as you can to the doorway. You should try to walk a little bit when you go to the mall. Don't just you know, or the grocery store. Don't just look for the first place driving around in a circle. Try to walk, park far away. You know, go up and down your stairs. Don't put something at the bottom of the stairs waiting to go up. Leave it, go up when you have to. So just be active with your body. That's a very important thing. And not to overeat. You know, people eat until they're full. And then 10 minutes later, they're stuffed. You eat under when you're full. Like they say 80%. You have to learn what that is for yourself. You know when you see something on the plate that you maybe leave over a third and eat the rest of it. And then all of a sudden you say, I'm full. Let yourself sit for 10, 15 minutes before you eat the rest of that food. So then you realize what when you are really 80% full, it's going to catch up and be full. So that's what people who live long do. They don't tax their body like we do. Stress, I mean, that's a huge thing. People have to learn how to manage that uh, by taking their self out of it. You know, a lot of our stress is is is, is self-imposed. Mm. We worry about something before it is even going to happen, and then it never happens. We make up such we're such good storytellers. We make up all these stories in our head about why we're stressed over something, and we like to dramatize it instead of taking it the opposite way and say, "Oh, how can I look at this differently?" So, if you are stressed, some stress is real. People have financial stress, you know, employment stress, all of that. You have to. Take a walk. You have to be good to yourself. 
You have to manage your time so you give yourself time. That's really important. Self-love is a huge thing about yeah. living long and healthy. Balancing body, mind, spirit. Even as you age, if you don't accept that, you're going to be in so much trouble if you don't accept aging, really, because yeah. you are going to. You have to roll with it. You have to accept it. You have to take care of yourself so you do the best that you can for yourself. Amen, yes. sister. Amen. So let's yeah. just let's just talk a little bit about when you traveled to the other countries. How does our country compare in terms of like food additives and availability, GMOs and all that stuff? How did how did you find uh, the comparisons? Well, they're so much more conscious about GMOs. They don't want them there. There were people that I met in Greece that were seed saving so they could have wow. heirloom seeds and not do it. They're very very conscious. The thing that's so interesting, you would think here in the, in America that we would be right on top of that as an example to other countries. But what I found is that some things that we use, some er, uh, pesticides and herbicides we use are not allowed in other countries. Other countries will not accept our beef because we're shooting it up with certain things. They won't accept our cheese or our dairy because we're, we've got that RBHT pesticide thing. So what I find is that some of the large companies, manufacturers in America will not, they'll ship them that product by leaving that out. They do better when they ship it to another country because the other country says, don't put that in or we won't buy your goods and they want to make the sale. So they find a better, healthier way to do it, but they don't do it in everything. They don't do it for us. Mm, and that just alarms me to no end that we trust the USDA that everything on the shelf is going to be good. So the countries I travel to, much more um, farmers market oriented, uh, less pesticide use. They try not to ruin their soil. They know those farmers know that if they if they over pesticide, they might have to use some. But if they use as much as we do in this country, their soil will be depleted and they will not be able to grow anything on their farm. So they're way more conscious. When you talk to them, you can have a dialogue about this because they really are conscious about it. We're we're behind in that area. We really are. And um, we're, we're making people fat and sick by the food that we feed them. They can tell us all they want that GMO is not dangerous, but it, there are some tests that have been done, and particularly for small children, it is very dangerous. We're losing the nutrients in our food from all the GMO products that they keep continuing to say are okay. All the processed food on the shelf at our stores, you know, it, what I noticed in Europe every time I travel, more uh, stores more supermarkets are open than it used to be. So they're buying more packaged goods than they used to have. But they still, when you go to the see their produce, they still, um, it outweighs all the packaged stuff. Here, the package department weighs the supermarket department, the, the, the produce department. There are a little bit of produce in the store and a huge amount of processed food. Mm -hmm. And it's still pretty opposite there, even though you're finding more packaged food. We are not an example in that area at all, and I think we have to do better. But since it's out there, then we have to be our own practitioner. And that, I think, we have to leave that to ourselves. I see people at the market throw a thing in the basket. They never look. They never read a label. It has all that junk in it that's not doing any good because the front of the box says it's gluten-free or sugar-free or it's trans fat. It doesn't mean that everything in that box is healthy just because it says it. You have to read the label and find out what else is in there. And if you can't pronounce it, you better go home and look it up before you buy it. 
and most of the time it's a chemical of some sort that throws our body off. Fortified vitamins store themselves as fat in our body, and they the companies think putting fortified vitamins in there because they've taken all the vitamins out of it already. So I, I think that other countries are more uh, aware of it, and they don't let they don't let us ship our food there. That's like that. Hopefully that will stay. I mean, you see a McDonald's, you start to see chain restaurants there. But honestly, in some of those places, the chain restaurant they're serving better quality than they serve here because they won't allow that meat in there. Mm. So it's very interesting traveling and seeing what other other countries are doing in the food situation. Did you have a favorite place that you visited and the favorite a favorite dish? Well, I, I it, some places were easier for me to eat than others. I thought in Germany I'm only going to find schnitzel, but I was so surprised to find a green drink up in a, it was in a department store and they had a cafeteria upstairs that was unbelievable, like a big buffet thing and all these greens in there and nuts and seeds and juices and all that was um, not something I expected. Uh, the hardest place for me to eat was in India because there was no way I'm eating raw food. Uh, my friends juice there and they use, you know, purified water to wash things. Um, so, and they make the worst green juice you've ever tasted in your life. It's just so bitter and they think it's medicine. So you're supposed to do that. They have diabetes and someone told them make this green drink, but I had trouble finding uh, raw food there that I could eat. I ate cooked food, Indian food. They were very, we ate our, we stayed at friends. So we ate most of the stuff, but they didn't overcook the food. Everything they usually cook a lot. Right. They very light about that. And I did eat rice there. So that was the hardest place for me to eat. Every place else, Greece was a dream. Oh. Uh, Italy is a dream for me because if I could find fresh tomatoes and basil mm. and fresh vegetables and that good olive oil, even in Italy, they have something called pinsimonia. They serve, and it's like raw vegetables, even a big hunk of cauliflower, whatever it is, in a big wooden bowl. And they serve this beautiful olive oil that you dip. And it's a kind of a pre-meal pre that people can have and you can find that in most places nice. so and I found some salad places in Italy and I mean I love to eat I ate a pasta one day and the next day my fingers were like man hands they were so stiff from all the gluten mm -hmm. so occasionally I'll have something I eat I make myself artichoke or sweet potato and I'll eat some cooked vegetables when I'm traveling but I really prefer raw food because I feel better after I eat it I don't have it doesn't sit there in my stomach it digests right away when I eat cooked food it sits there for a while. Even though it tastes great and it's healthy, it doesn't digest the same in my body. So I'm a fan of eating as much raw as possible. And when I travel, I try to do the best I can in that area. Um, you know, I'll drink, I'll bring a powdered green, spirulina, blue-green algae, and mix it with something. So I have my dark leafy greens. But most of the places I can get healthy food. I don't. I didn't have a problem. I was not hungry. You know, I was able to eat whether I ate a. Uh, cook zucchini in in uh, in Greece or whatever, but um, we're going to Mallorca, Spain, and uh, I'm going to be speaking, so I'll be able to find raw food there. I'm speaking in London at a big veg fest there. I know in London I can find raw food. I'm going to Holland, to Amsterdam, and then to the Netherlands. Um, they, the people who invited me, are going to make sure that I have enough of that food there. And we might be going to Milan. We're looking at that right now. And then later I travel to Germany, which I can, I'm going to a, an event where I can always find raw food. But I find it amazing to me. You, I'm sure you remember, like years ago, vegetarian was not very popular. And then when I became a vegetarian, and then that got, that got acceptable. And then all of a sudden vegan got more acceptable. 
and now, honestly, raw food is, when I say vegan anywhere, I don't eat, they understand me now. Right. And before, no one ever did. Raw, I don't always tell everybody that, but if I'm going to a nice restaurant and I say I don't cook my vegetables, I wonder if the chef can fix me a plate of whatever they have raw in the kitchen. And now comes this beautiful platter, everybody wants my food. And, you know, if you're going to a place where there's a, uh, it's a chain restaurant, no, but if you're going where there's a chef, they're very happy to fix that for you. They're, they're happy for the challenge. So I don't make a deal out of it. I pick things off the menu I can eat, and that, that's how I travel. You've made raw is, food cool, Mimi. Yeah. You just, you really have. Makes you know, it easy, yeah. One of the benefits of living a long, happy, healthy life is you have a whole a lot of experience and you have such an interesting life. And you even, you talk about so much of it in the book that anybody who gets your, either of your books will learn more about you. And of course they can watch your YouTube videos and go to your website. But one thing that some of our uh, Happy Healthy You listeners might be interested to know is that you worked in the... Um, entertainment industry, and you you were Mary Tyler Moore's stand-in? Is that what yes. you were? Yeah. How was that? And I designed the clothes that Valerie Harper became so famous for, those scarves. And yeah. Those, those all, I used to dress like that, and then they wanted me to dress her. That They said, can you do that for her? And um, so they started copying some of my ideas, and I had to give up my scarf because people thought I was copying her when I was out in public. But uh, then I ended up working for, after I worked for Mary, I ended up working for Valerie and helping her with her wardrobe and being her assistant. And, um, you know, I worked in a lot of films and TV over a 17-year period of time. You know, Poseidon Adventure, I worked on Star Trek, and, you know, I did stunt work. I did whatever. I was raising my right. family, and right. that was a living for me. But... I love working. I worked for that for MTM, Mary's company, for a very, very long time between that show with her and then with Valerie's show. And um, I really brought vegetarianism to the set. Now, I know this sounds really funny because everybody who's been on the set knows that, you know, craft service has all that fruit out. Right. You've got whatever you want. Gummy bears. <laughs> yeah. In the early days, when we first, when I first started with Mary, I was a vegetarian. And uh, it wasn't, you know, it was a strange thing. Um, but the craft service would have sweet rolls out every morning and maybe uh, bananas or something. That would be it. There was no food on the set. In fact, Valerie Harper wrote a book called I, Rhoda, and she wrote about that, that I was the first one to say to Mary, can we have fresh fruit on the set? And Mary said, that sounds like a good idea. And so they started bringing in fresh fruit, and they started changing some of the food. They still had the other but all of a sudden, the fruit was going very fast. And everybody, they had, sometimes it was chopped up, sometimes it was whole, but there was always fruit. That started the other craft service places putting fruit on the set. So Val, Valerie always says I was responsible for craft service back in the early 70s putting fruit up on oh, the set. Oh, awesome. Well, we, you know, we owe you a big debt of gratitude. But they still have gummy bears. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you know, you know, and they still have everything, but yeah. that's why you, we have to make, we have to have a strong commitment to our health because we love, I love gummy bears. I'm a big fan of the gummy bear. I just don't <laughs> eat them because I know, you know, they're not that great. I would eat one, but I know that that's not what I want to have as my diet anymore. Um, you have to have a strong commitment. Mm -hmm. My commitment is I have an amazing boyfriend. I have an amazing family. I want to be around to enjoy my life. I love travel. I want to go travel and, you know, be able to walk through the cobblestone streets without a walker. I ran into, uh, we were on a little boat somewhere in, in Italy or wherever we were, and the couple behind us was from England, 
And we start talking and they said, well, this is going to be our last trip. And I said, why is that? And they said, well, we're 60 and we just can't travel as well anymore. And they didn't look particularly healthy. So I thought to myself at that moment, I was 70, by the way, at the time. And I turned to them and I said, what? You're 60. You're not driving. I'm 70. And they were like, what? So I thought to myself, this is very important for anybody to listen. It was listening in that if you put the time in and you have a commitment to take care of yourself, make something that you now don't think, oh, yeah, when I'm old, I'll make the commitment. That's not won't be strong enough. You've got to make something that that's good for you now why you're going to commit, whatever it is. You want to look young. I don't care what it is. But if you make a strong commitment and you can do it, I really think we can stretch out those years. I can't wait till I'm in my 80s and 90s and see what if what I practice is right, because I want to be able to travel. I'm going on another trip. I take one suitcase. I can put it in the overhead myself. I can lift it up and run for a train. You know, I can do all those things at 76 where other people my age might be in a walker. They might be doing some other things where they need care, someone else to take care of them. If you want to get motivated, go visit a senior home mm. and check how old some of those people are in there. You can be so shocked to find there are people in there late 60s and early 70s that are in a senior home. And when you go there, that's where you're going to spend the rest of those 10 years, 4 years, 20, whatever it is. You're going to be there and you're going to go downhill because that's what happened to my sister. I had a really good view of what can happen when you get there. You start to pick up by being around those people. You start to become that and you just spiral down. So if you need to get motivated, go there and see if that's the way you want to look in your later years. I think that's a very strong thing. I'm not seeing all people that get older like that. The ones who are fabulous, I see all these women in their 80s and 90s, they have passion about life. They dress wild. They do things to keep themselves, you know, interested in life and changing all the time. And even if they have some illness, they don't let it get them. They keep themselves really good. But if you keep your body healthy, you can have a healthy mind and be that way. Awesome. And I think that that's the ticket. Walking, you know, doing a little exercise, being kind and loving. Drop your anger. Drop your judgmental about other people. Let people love who they want, be who they want. You have enough work to do on yourself. <laughs> so become become what you'd like the world to look like, you know, out there. And for Not more inspiration, you, just go to your website. <laughs> yes, stay away from negative thinking. Just zip up your mouth when you say something about yourself, particularly. Do you ever look back at old pictures where you didn't think you looked good and you look and you go, hey, that was pretty oh, cute then? Yes. Oh, do that. I you tell know, my daughter that all the time. Appreciate your body and everything about you now because later yeah, on. It changes. Yeah. You look at yourself and you're always picking at yourself when you're teens yeah. and everything because of this phony beauty idea we have out here. Right. But when you look back, you say, hey, I never thought I'd look good. How come I look so good? I'm sure I'm going to do that now. When I look back when I'm in my 90s, I go, oh, I look good in my 70s. Yeah. You know? So I think that's the fun of it. I love my age, by the way. I'm very happy to be where I'm at right now. I don't, I don't wish that I was any age younger. I don't have that going at all. I feel because I'm healthy, I feel very happy and excited. I'm in a different place in life because you drop all that stuff that you had earlier on. And, and as you age, you feel better than you ever felt mentally. And you can feel that way. It's not a bad thing to get old. It's fantastic if you're healthy. Not so great if you're not healthy. Awesome. So, well, for more information about you, Mimi Kirk, where can people find you? Well, I'm very active. I have a website. It's youngonrawfood.com. 
And if you want to see the products I use and the equipment I use, I have a shop. It's an Amazon shop. It's not for me to make any money. That's not it. So you can find good products on there that I approve of and good equipment to buy. Um, I'm very big about things with my teeth and all the kinds of stuff I use on my skin and face. And you'll find that not only in my books, but there. And if you if you look for me on Facebook, it's Mimi Kirk Author. That is the one web that is the one thing on Facebook where I can have as many people. The other are kind of very few people can join because they're full. But on my on my uh, my open Facebook, my fan page uh, is what it's called. Uh, you can join there. I post all kinds of things, and I have schedules where I'm going to be speaking. If you can come sometime, I really love to meet people and talk in person. I give talks all over. Uh, everywhere. And if anybody wants to arrange talks for me, I also tra travel to different places too to do that. So that's a good place to reach me. I'm always happy to answer questions on my Facebook page. So feel free to ask me things. And really my book is a great guide. I'm very happy about my books because they are really great guides into, like you mentioned, all kinds of things that keep you healthy as you grow uh, and spend more time on this planet. <laughs> Well, I, I feel like I don't think I've interviewed a happier, healthier person, so thank you so much for coming.